0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy podcast. Brendan Weber here, your host. So today's episode is, you know, sticking with the theme of the podcast and kind of talking about philosophy stuff that applies to society. And I know I usually use, utilize, you know, pop culture or something that's really relevant in philosophy or these philosophical ideas like such as Stoicism that's really... You know, culture is currently focused in on, Uh, but today I'm going to. I want to do an episode on the statement "We are not good," Um, and and kind of this thinking I've been having. I kind I just want your feedback and more of your feedback on this, and you know, see the discussion around this because I do think it's very important to talk about this in in society, and that's something I do want my show to start covering as well. Um, a lot of that will be in my bonus episode feed. Like I said, I thought about doing this one on the bonus episode feed, but. I wanted your feedback more so on this one and also to see what you guys kind of think about this this episode. So I have, uh, you know, put it on the main feed. But if you'd like to check out those bonus episodes, you can check out my Patreon. But today I wanted to get right to it. Of course, I'm always thankful for everyone that listens and tuning in and giving me your feedback and recommendations. And uh, yeah, and so today's episode, the statement, we are not good. I want to start with the question, though, how good are we? You know, that that kind of leads into, into that statement, right? See, when I hear this question of how good are we, I want my gut reaction to be, yes, you know, of course, of course we are good, right? Like, that's what you want to, to think, you know, and that is my gut reaction in general. But thinking, the thinking side of me starts to take over. and I think this would happen with a lot of people, right? You know, but is it the case? Is it the case that we are good? And what, what do I mean by that? So part of me considers, well, when we are young, playing as innocent kids, many of us tend to act, you know, quote unquote, good. We only gradually become worse as we grow older and, and societal norms begin to influence us. That—that That is my initial reaction, right? However, this doesn't mean... We are inherently good. And that's what I mean by good. Like are we good naturally when we are just born? We are just inherently good and like we are taught to be bad. But when we are young, kids that act, you know, I keep saying, I keep saying it quote unquote. But I put it in the quotation marks, good, because, you know, what does that what does that even mean? That's kind of like a loaded term to to put out there. But good tend to have been placed in situations that many would determine as good conditions. So meaning you know, these kids are put in positions where, you know, toys to play with, kids to play with, parents that treat them right, and any other social construct you can envision for what you deem as a as a good childhood. You know, that's that's what you envision. See, my statement is, I think most people are just average with the possibility of turning horrible at any moment. Now, that's, that's probably a lot. you know if you disagree with that but kind of what I say is just hear me out so now wait you might be thinking you know how pessimistic of me as well a real downer but hear me out luckily many of us are in good enough circumstances in society where we reach the threshold of average humans you know thus we treat each other average we treat each other as average humans and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know average is average right (laughs) you know yay right Um, but it's this idea That anyone could commit, given the right circumstances, an immoral act. This potential of any human to act immorally demonstrates to me, at least, that we are inherently bad, but we act good. But in most cases, we actually act average, given our current circumstances. So let's consider a moral test. You might think that in most interactions, people are generally decent to you. They won't steal your stuff. They won't try to break your arm. And they they won't commit an act of violence upon you, right? But what would happen if you change their so- social circumstances to much less favorable? Let's say a meteor crashes into Earth, where end times look to be coming for all of us. You know, we're all doomed, Right? Think. Imagine that scenario, or you don't even have to use a meteor, just imagine a scenario where you feel like end times are coming all around us. In that case, humans' potential for murder will begin rearing its head. I can assure you of that. See, if a meteor were to crash into the earth, the circumstances for violence and murder upon other human beings would become much more beneficial for humans, acceptable and profitable for your fellow human to do. So those average humans will not be treating you like a fellow average human anymore. It will become every man for themselves. You know, that that old saying, right? See, I'll provide a few examples to kind of help prove my point. I'm not just going to make these statements with like out any backing, right? So my reasoning behind this. First, I think the easy one and most widely known example, which is probably one you knew was coming, right? The Holocaust. So Adolf Hitler, he was an evil actor. You know, I'll call him evil, obviously. Sitting on the throne, commanding millions of average people to commit his atrocious acts. Now, I don't think Germans then and now are inherently more evil than the average person in other countries then and now. My point being, in the right circumstances, average ordinary people would be willing to commit genocide. Another example. I read about is uh, this the, the Milgram experiment. You know, I'm going to oversimplify this, but for the sake of time and kind of trying to keep this concise. The Milgram experiment demonstrated a majority of people can be persuaded to electrocute innocent people. The operation didn't even threaten, torture, or use any other inhuman pressure. They simply placed a test giver in a lab coat and asked the test subject to electrocute the person in another room. The subject doing the electrocuting simply followed orders. And the majority of people followed the orders. An example of human obedience to those in power. Does that sound familiar? Does does it, you know, that connects to the Holocaust example as well. Oh, and then we have animals. Yes, the, the sentient creatures that feel pain and suffering. The animals that we humans torture, kill, and place in poor conditions. Yeah, most of us go along with that too. So as a side note, I don't mean to like come across as though I'm just like some sort of some pure moralist and moral thought leader guiding society. That animal example I just mentioned to you, although I try to avoid eating meat, I still commit the act knowing the moral atrocity I'm probably committing because I am persuaded by those arguments, yet for some reason I still do so maybe it is that social acceptance that I'm just falling into and I'm even aware of it and I'm still falling into it that doesn't make it acceptable it's still a moral morally wrong if if the the arguments uphold it's just the fact it's to me it's kind of proving my point maybe I am part of the the sheep crowd I guess you could say which is you know unfortunate but being aware of it is is I guess a step right (laughs) but yeah humans still treat animals horribly mostly because it's still In fashion, is what I would say. Or at least socially acceptable to some extent. And that's the category I think I'm falling under, which I'm still working on trying to change. Gradually, slowly trying to change that. Anyway, another more current world example is gay marriage. Current American culture likes to forget just how rapid the support for gay marriage rights shifted in its favor. In 2008, gay marriage support was a minority position a state that is widely seen as on the forefront of social issues of progress, California, voted the idea down in 2008. Former President Obama's 2008 campaign opposed gay marriage, outwardly opposed it. And today, if videos surface of you being against gay marriage back in 2008, that can mean the end, that can mean job loss, it can, it's execution of your social status, all of those things. Now, I think gay rights are obviously good. You know, I'm I'm not going to go, like, argue that it's a bad thing that this progression has switched. And I remember supporting gay marriage back in 2008. However, admittedly, I was too young to be holding my own original thoughts. Nonetheless, I found a reason to hold that position. But what does this shift mean? Because to to me, it it is a rapid shift, a rapid moral shift, 10, you know, little over 10 years, Right. Luckily for us, you know, great thinkers and philosophers have been making arguments in support of gay marriage for decades. But this doesn't change the fact society has just recently found it now acceptable. In the past decade, we haven't encountered, you know, new groundbreaking arguments in support of the issue to persuade most people once and for all. Like There, there wasn't this new found knowledge that all of a sudden came down upon us that should have, you know, all of a sudden persuaded everyone that didn't happen in the last 10 years the arguments for gay marriage they've essentially remained unchanged for decades this seemingly makes the, the makes the idea that people found themselves persuaded by more arguments not persuasive thus this is this is what it leads me to this is you know it's putting me in this position where i do want to say people are good naturally you know inherently i guess you could say but it's forcing me into this conclusion You know, that it's forcing me to accept in a way. So what I'm concluding is it's more likely people decided to support gay marriage because it became socially admirable or fashionable. And this is depressing to me. So on a positive note, this means that social narratives can quickly shift their understanding of what is moral and not moral for the better. But it also means we have to always be conscious that society can be rapidly persuaded in the wrong direction. So, essentially, you're probably getting the vibes I'm basically saying most of us are sheep. Average humans are sheep just kind of going with what people want. So why are we moral sheep? My answer doesn't shed a bright light on this issue or give us an escape route to to absolve us from moral responsibility. Luckily for us... A small portion of the population have this moral conscious helping project the moral compass of society in a positive direction. You see, most of us are sheep following the guidance of sheep herders. People ascribe to moral error or moral acts based on if it is in or not in fashion. So I won't even say they they embrace these, these morally accepted positions. Instead... You know, these societal moral sheep, they go along with these new moral norms. And I will say, you know, I think it's possible that in some cases people are moral sheep in certain circumstances and then they become sheep herders in other certain circumstances depending on the issue. I think that is possible. You know, I probably fall under that maybe a little bit too. But lastly, over recent years, political power has shifted people that used to be stepped on by the political machine have been pushed into the light by the sheep herders earning themselves political power which means society has started caring more about the rights of disadvantaged groups not because of their moral compass but because standing up for their rights has become fashionable and admirable so what this kind of forces me to conclude in a way Essentially, average moral humans view moral issues as an opportunity to signal to their respective groups, a way to be accepted by society for their own personal gain. They are probably not consciously doing so, but this also means their subconscious can change their position when deemed beneficial for them. So the average human follows along with the morals set by society. They listen to those with power and what their peers deem as socially acceptable. This is... This is good and bad. So on the one hand, it means society can be convinced into agreeing with moral progress and on the bad end, be willing to commit atrocities for personal gain and social acceptance. But that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Email me, contact me on Twitter, uh, wherever you can get a hold of me. There's a plethora of, of links below. But check those out. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this type of episode. So tune in next time. Peace.